Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Thursday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. On the way in, make sure to smash that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Thank you for taking the time away from the NCAA tournament to join us to talk a little hockey. I actually had no idea it was today until my Twitter feed was full of people complaining about Maryland, and I don't think they're complaining about the crab cakes. So here we are, joining me as always, Slim Cliffy. How are we doing today? I will say the nice thing about people complaining about Maryland is that I've seen that video of the college girl uh, stone <laughs> grabbing the beer can while she's standing on the table and stone cold smashing it on her head and chugging it. I've seen that like three times today. It's still one of the funniest videos uh, I've seen. Uh, yeah. Uh, NCAA snuck up on me like the Juno snuck up on me. Um, that might not be familiar to some of our American viewers, but it's like the Canadian equivalent of the Grammys. No one up here had any idea what was going on. Apparently, it was Monday, and uh, somebody streaked on stage while Avril Lavigne was presenting. So uh, that's how we found out that uh, the Junos were going on. So I guess you could say we're pretty wrapped up in hockey. Um, there's only a month left in the regular. I think it's a four weeks tomorrow uh, left yeah. in the regular season, and there's still some pretty tight playoff races in the East. The West is starting to sort itself out. I think if Winnipeg can manage a win tonight and Calgary loses in regulation, they're like seven points back with 12 or 13 games left. And at that point, it's basically just a wrap. Um, so pretty big night here because uh, things go a certain way with some of the Western Conference games. The West is basically locked up after tonight. Yeah. And the East isn't exactly close after Buffalo lost yesterday, but, you know, that was a bad loss. They're up by two with like, I don't know, eight minutes left, blew that in overtime. Classic Buffalo there. But, yeah, big game for the Jets tonight. Normally I'd say this, that's a it's a brutal matchup, but Boston kind of their first rut of the season, they finally hit 10 <laughs> losses, which is kind of insane. <laughs> if you think about it, considering the season ends in the middle of April, which kind of shocked me. I thought – I don't know why I thought the season went into, like, the middle of May before the playoffs start. Well, it's because it did. It's because it did the last two years, right? Because last year we oh, had, man. yeah, last year we had all those delays, and the last game of the regular season was May first, if I'm not mistaken, and then the season before that was the bubble season, and the regular season just like literally ran right into the middle of May. This yeah, is the first. This and you know, 2019. It was obviously 2019-20. That season was shut down. This is the first time. Since the spring of 2019, we have some something approaching a normal NHL schedule. Yeah, maybe that's what it was because I I remember DMing him like, "How's the season almost over?" And I, I'm like, 
it feels like it went quick, but I guess it's because we didn't get like a three week break in the middle of the season. The past, yeah, it years. helps when you can keep playing games after Christmas and you know you're not off for two and a half weeks or something like that. And I don't really miss breaking down the uh, Blues Coyotes for the 14th straight game on the no, 14th straight. No, no, I'm very happy with the current NHL scheduling, even if I quibble <laughs> with uh, how big some of the slates are. Yeah, like this one. This one's not that bad. I mean, 11 games is big, but it's not like, you know, 14 or 15. Those are seem like impossible to deal with. Let's get into this slate before we do. Don't forget to sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame. Pretty easy. Just got to change your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel. Download the avatar, stochastic.com backslash avatar. And if you place in the top three contests with over 5,000 contestants, you can tweet your win to at stochastichof on Twitter, or email us with your screenshot, and you'll win a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Uh, you can only win once a year, um, but it's $120 value for finishing top three in a contest, so you might as well do it, and uh, good luck to you guys. Let's start off the slate with a banger here. we got the Montreal Canadiens with a 2.6 total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a 4.3 total. Jake Allen probable. Sergei Bobrovsky is confirmed. The big news out of this game is, well, one of the Panthers' lines, E2, Lusterinen, Barkov, Duclair, Kachuk, Bennett, Verhage, then Ryan Hart, Lomberg, Lundell. The big news is that yesterday in practice, or it might have even been this morning, days just kind of blend together now, Yeah, uh, Carter Verhage was still on power play one over Aaron Ekblad. So that further correlates Florida 2 here. Sam Bennett on power play two, but now you get Kachuk and Verhage on power play one. We've talked ad nauseum about how this is one of the best five on five lines in hockey, even with their shooting percentage issues that seems to be positively regressing. This is an unbelievable matchup. It's the 11 game slate. They are getting, you know, fairly, yeah, I would say 15 ish percent ownership projections. I think that's fine considering the total in the matchup. Like, if the ownership is somewhat similar between the Barkov-Duclair line and the Bennett-Kachuk line, I'm going to the Bennett-Kachuk line all day. On the Montreal side, I don't think you have to full stack anything because, you know, Martin St. Louis didn't put Suzuki and Anderson together. But, like, the Panthers, pretty high vent. I think you can one-off Josh Anderson here. I think you can one-off Dennis Gurionov. Um that's probably about where it ends for me, unless, you know, Suzuki, Anderson, and Harvey Pinard are together in warm-ups. Yeah, uh, we didn't get Montreal skate today. Um, haven't seen anything. So we don't know exactly what the lineup looks like. I don't imagine they're going to change the lineup coming off a win where they scored six goals against the Penguins. But, like, I don't know if anybody else watched that game. The Penguins ran them over, right? Oh, yeah. Like it was just Jari not playing that well in Montreal capitalizing on a couple chances. Like I, I was looking at, like I watched that game and I was looking at the stats this morning. Montreal's top top line with Jesse alone in there, one percent expected goal share, one percent, like point zero one expected goals for, and like one point two three expected goals against. They got throttled, and I was looking. Because you and I had talked about how Harvey Pinard had been playing well with Suzuki, and the problem is Alonin. Um, Jesse Alonin in, in his sample with Nick Suzuki, it's absolutely god awful. Like, uh, I'm talking like 30 to 35 percent expected goal share, um, in their time together. Um, 
it's actually 32% in almost a hundred minutes together. Like it's not a tiny sample. Um, he's not an NHLer. Like there was a reason why he was in the AHL and basically didn't get a call up until half the lineup was injured or traded. Um, so I don't think that top line is very good. So I'm not worried about that matchup and I'm not targeting the top line for Montreal either. I, I agree with you. I think it's the second line that I'm more interested in uh, from the Habs. Gurianoff, Anderson, uh, Druent. Now they're coming in over-owned by our top stacks tool. Uh, but Anderson and Druent have been playing well together. Three expected goals for per 60 minutes of five on five. Only 2.4 actual goals scored. Um, but shooting under 8%. And, you know, Druen's not a great shooter himself, so that'll happen. But at least they're creating a lot of chances. And Anderson's having a pretty good offensive season. It's just he doesn't do anything much. He doesn't do much on the power play, and the team's pretty bad at five on five. Like, he's driving the play. He's at 20 goals, which for this team playing on the second and third lines mostly is pretty good. Um, and he's helping Joanne drive that play. So, you know, I'm with you. I think like a one-off Anderson, one-off Gurianoff, something like that is where I would go, but I'm not stacking anything on the Montreal side. On the Florida side, um, there's a there's negative leverage on the Barkov line, which I'm not super excited about that line. Like Lusterinen and, and Duclair have played well together. I'm just wondering if this somehow ends up a close game if we don't see Reinhardt back on the top line or, you know, if we don't see Lundell back on the top line or something like that. Um, I would probably just pay up and go with Florida too, especially with Verhage on the top power play unit now. Um by our top stacks tool, they are one of the better leverage spots of the night. I'll bring that up real quick. Uh, Colorado, New Jersey, Edmonton, Dallas, and then you see Florida right there. Now, they could come in with double-digit ownership, but that doesn't really matter, even though there's 11 games, because they're so good. Um, I was just looking at their last, like, 85 minutes to see if there's been any slowdown. They're still at 4.2 expected goals for. Like, they're still generating a ton. Uh, Kachuk has 26 shots in his last five games. Verhage has 17, so 43 shots between them over the last five team games. Um, it's the Bennett line. It's Bennett Barkov. It's sorry, Bennett Verhage and Kachuk. Easily the best line in this game for me, and the one that I'm targeting. Yeah, I haven't built my lineup yet, but they were literally the first line I circled on this slate. I might end up like uh, there's a good chance I'll end up playing them unless I talk myself into something else on the show, which is always possible. You never know. Let's move on to the next one. The Pittsburgh Penguins with a three total heading into New York. The Rangers have a 3.5. Tristan Jari is confirmed. Igor Shesterkin is probable. <sighs> I found out the hard way. I realized how dumb I was. Like, I was like, you know what? My biggest win early on in my DFS career was when the notorious Cliffy Rangers hater wrote up the Derek Broussard line. And lastly, I was like, I don't really like the Rangers top line. Cliffy's like, you know what? I do. And I should have like, this should have light bulb went bing in my head and should have played the Rangers. Mika Zamanajan scored two goals here. Now, Patty Kane had 27 DK points. The problem is he played 13 minutes. He doesn't Generally kill. He's, he's nowhere near the ice in a close game at the end there. They always put out, you know, Mika Zibanejan there. <sighs> Yari has been shaky. Pittsburgh has been awful defensively. There is no ownership on the Rangers here. 3.5 total. 
I just wish the power play units were a little bit more concise, but I, I like the Rangers here. Yeah, I also like the Rangers. Um, I was trying to figure out a way like to try, to try to convince myself to play the Penguins because um, that top line has been generating a lot, but their shooting percentage basically in calendar 2023 is under 7%. And you'd expect that to regress, but it's still fairly concerning because I can't get what you saying out of what you were saying out of my head that um, they don't tend to set up prime scoring opportunities. They just are good at generating shots. And those are two different skills, right? Um, so th while they are generating, I do worry that it's not a lot of great quality. Um, the power plays certainly been struggling. It has been basically <laughs> all season long. They had a little blip there when Raquel joined, but it hasn't been that good. So uh, like, I'm not really getting to a lot of Pittsburgh here tonight. If I were, I think the second line is kind of interesting because like Nylander, he, we talked about on the last show, he looked like he was going to be a bust, like a flat-out bust. And then he looks like he's resurrected his career in the AHL, was a point per game in the AHL, putting up a lot of shots. And he's played well with Malkin in a small sample. Like it's just, you know, three or four games worth of ice time, but they are generating a lot of offense. Um, 75 shot attempts per 60 minutes of five on five. That's quite a bit. Um, they just not playing a ton of minutes. You're facing you versus Sturk and it's like, it, it, there is a problem, but I don't mind like even a two man, like Malkin Zucker or Malkin Nylander or something like that. But I, 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 I'm with you. It's the Ranger side that I like a lot more here. Thank. I was about to swear and I was about to swear very loudly. Thank the good Lord above that. They finally took Panarin away from Kane. I like, it blew my mind that that was the thing in the first place. Like we, like we, run, we went on this rant on the last show. Like what? They played together seven years ago, so you have to play them together now? Okay. More than that. I, I, anyways, so anyways, they broke up, broke them up. They got Panarin away from Kane. And big surprise, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko's expected goals for numbers have basically doubled <laughs> when, you, when you put him with Panarin as opposed to uh, when you put him with Panarin and Zibanejad. So uh, Tank and Panarin, 2.6 expected goals for, three actual goals for in their time together. They're generating offense. I, maybe they're shooting a little high, but I would expect that combination to have a high on-ice shooting percentage anyways because those are all three really talented players with the puck. Um, so you get two out of the three guys on the on the top power play unit as well, and I'd call the top unit the Fox unit. I'd much rather have my guys on an Adam Fox power play unit. Been than playing on both recently too. So yeah, but I, I mean, Truba did get some power play time last game, but um, and Fox has played both at times. But either way, like I would, if they are split, I would want the guys on the Fox power play unit, and you get two out of the three guys on that unit. I, I think it's um, Zibanejad and Tarasenko. So um, two out of the three guys on the top power play. They're not that expensive. They're coming in. Uh, with pretty good leverage, um, I like the uh, Tarasenko, Panarin, Zibanejad line quite a bit here tonight. There are no matchups that I'm really concerned about, whether it's Pittsburgh 1, whether it's Pittsburgh 2. Pittsburgh penalty kill is still really, really bad. Um, I, I think the Rangers honestly have three playable lines here tonight. Um, I will go with the line that looks like it's going to come in with a lot less, with not a lot less, but reasonably less ownership, and that's Zibanejad, Panarin, Tarasenko. Yeah, not fine. You said two points. 
Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Six expected goals. Like, and that's around league average, but for that kind of line... I don't think they're ever going to have great expected goals numbers. No, it's not going to be like an Austin Matthews, Willie Nylander, where they're putting up four and a half expected goals over a two-month span. That's just not the players they are. Panarin's never been a player like that. They're either going to come into the zone and score, or they're going to come into the zone and turn it over. (laughs) Right. It's a good good way of putting it. So, yeah, the Zibanejad line, I think, is the one that I'm focusing on here. Yeah, me too. Tampa Bay Lightning, 3.1 total, heading into New Jersey. The Devils have a 3.4 total. Andre Vasilevsky, Vitek Vanacek, uh, probable. This is a rerun of Tuesday, I believe, except it was in Tampa. Or is it New Jersey again? I don't even remember. Maybe it was in New Jersey. Yeah. Home and, these, the these home and home homes. Yeah. But anyway, I didn't see any Stamkos news. Uh, uh, he's in. He was at practice yesterday. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So he's in. Uh, I, I just – I'm having a hard time getting to any Tampa here. They're getting no ownership. So if like you want to get to them in MME, it won't take much to get over the field. The Nico Heischer matchup is just not great. You know what I mean? Like it's just not a good matchup for Tampa. Now we were talking in the discord a little bit. You had some concerns that the devils haven't scored a power play goal since Timo has gotten there. So maybe they mix up the units. They, I haven't, haven't, scored they haven't scored a, uh, PP1 goal. PP2 yeah. units actually been pretty good, <laughs> which might be why they moved Severson up to the top power play in the last game. Yeah, so maybe there's concerns there. And it's worthy to note that today because the Tampa Bay penalty kill has not been great recently. So I, I do like the Devils here. Uh, there's no ownership on them again. Like the Brat Meyer Hughes line is very expensive. I have no issue going to Heischer and Mercer here. I, I know Mercer was riding an unbelievable hot streak, but like even if he comes down a little bit, it, he's he's forty eight hundred. Uh, I I think that line has played well all season. You want to go to Timo Brat and Hughes? I think that's fine. It's just you know pretty expensive, and they haven't done much on the power play. Yeah. Um... I'm going to start real quick on the Tampa side. I don't have a lot of interest in Tampa here. I know they just put up four goals in the top line had a pretty good night. So like you said, if, if I was playing 150 here tonight, I might have like five Tampa one lineups or something like that. Right. Um, in a single entry, I was looking at the other lines like there, this, that Tampa, the Kucherov point Hegel line is 20 K on DraftKings. There are three lines between 19,100 and 21,100, like in that $2,000 price range, that are all two and a half percent or less expected ownership. Um, the Devils, t- the Hughes line in this very game, um, 
the Pittsburgh top line that uh, we just talked about in the last game and then Boston that we'll talk about a little bit later. All those lines are coming in under 2.5% owned. And then if you want to pay up a little bit more, um, we'll talk about Edmonton later. The Edmonton second line is 21600 So there are a number of lines in that price range that are going to come in with very low ownership. Now, maybe not half a percent, but maybe one and a half percent. You know what I mean? And if you're in a, in like, you know, playing the $12 single entry or something like that, one, the difference between zero and a half percent and one and a half percent is not, it doesn't really matter that much. So where there are other options in that price range, I would rather play. I think this is, and with the way that Tampa's arranged their lines, like it wouldn't surprise me, like New Jersey's up to nothing after the first that you, all the lines get changed by the second period for Tampa. Right. Um, so I, I don't have a lot of interest in Tampa other than maybe the top line and some MME. The question is what to do on the New Jersey side, because the top line, the Mercer history to line has legitimately been better offensively than the Meyer Brat Hughes line, which it, it makes sense in the sense that Meyer He's only played, I think, six games now. New team, new conference, right? Going from Cal- uh, from California and the Pacific, going to the Metro in New Jersey. Um, you know, new coach, new everything. Maybe takes him some time to acclimate. But, you know, with Meyer, they're at 3.2 expected goals for uh, Meyer and Hughes. The top line, the history line, in just in the month of March, is at 4.4 expected goals at five on five, right? So... The reason to play to New Jersey too is for their potential, because I think we'd agree that if they reach their potential, they should be the better scoring line and they have a bunch of power play guys. Um, but like we've mentioned since he got there and Hamilton was taken off the top power play in the last game. Now it was a quick change, but at the same time, six games with no goals with Meyer there and the second power play unit actually playing well, it kind of makes sense that maybe they want to try Severson on the top power play unit. All that to say is that, yes, the Tampa penalty kill isn't very good, but I'm not sure the New Jersey power play is any good, right? And for that reason, I would probably rather focus on the five-on-five matchups, and for that reason, I would probably just go to the uh, to the history line. Um, they're considerably cheaper. There's no ownership on them. Um, you can use them as some sort of fillery-type stack, uh, you still get history on the top power play unit if the power play, you know, does score a goal. They're just a better five-on-five line right now. So I think it's the history line again that I'm going to go back to. I don't have a problem playing New Jersey too. I would rather see them start to play better than take the chance on them playing because there's only four weeks left in the regular season. You're not going to get too many kicks at the can for them to finally figure this out. So, you know, you might not even have a chance to be ahead of the curve here. I'd rather just take the line that's playing well, and that's Hisham, Mercer, and Tatar. Again, we don't know exactly what the lineup's going to be like. We didn't have a morning skate. We'll have to see what warm-ups look like. They did change the lineup um, in the third period last game, so we'll see at warm-ups. Yeah, like, I, I like New Jersey, too, in a nutshell, but if I'm going to spend that type of money, I'd rather play the Sens. I'd rather play the Oilers. I'd yeah, I would, just, I would just go play the Oilers. Yeah. So, and like, yeah, New Jersey won, not very expensive, like, not very price prohibitive. They get the minutes, you know, they've have better, exp- you know, it checks all the boxes. Now that we've said that, 
you know, Timo Meyer is going to come out and have a nine point game and just bury us at seven forty seven p.m. Eastern. But you know, that's Absolutely. the way it crumbles. I've I've already bought a late a, a ticket to a late show tonight, knowing that I will not have to watch the third period of that game. <laughs> exactly, Colorado Avalanche with a three point four total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a three point two total. Not sure who's starting in goal for the Avalanche. We've heard or some rumblings that it could be the worst goal in the NHL, Jonas Johansson. Uh, Mad Sogard is probable for the Sens. Regardless, it's back-to-back on the road for Colorado. They won in a shootout in Toronto yesterday, 2-1. to one. Avalanche had like 427 power plays and just their power play looked terrible yesterday. This is another good power play spot. Your top line is not getting much ownership here compared to what like other really expensive lines in these spots. It is back to back in the row, but Sen's not very good defensively. Shabbat, a game time decision. Now, if it is Jonas Johansson, I already have interest in the Sens here, but if it is Jonas Johansson, I think that really brings the Sen's top line into play, even the second line into play. Uh, Ridley Grieg is min price called up on the second line center. This is this is this feels like an important game on both sides. Yeah, it really, really does. Um, to touch on Johansson, I do think he gets the start here because they play Saturday afternoon, right? It's back to back on the road. They won four of their last five. It's a non conference opponent. They have, a, they have an afternoon game on the weekend before going home, and then they have five games in eight days against conference opponents. Georgiev is, might have to start every single one of those games. So this might be his only chance to rest for the next two weeks. I think I think we're going to see Johansson in net tonight. And that's part of the reason why I'm really, really high on Ottawa 1. Um, the Ottawa top line with Drake Batherson there, like it, it doesn't really – it bothers me in the sense that I'd rather have a – another good playmaker there than a guy that's just kind of a shooter. But by the same token, he does generate a lot of shots and the top line has generated a lot with him there. They're at with Batherson on the top line. They played 250 minutes this season at five on five, 3.1 goals per 60 minutes of five on five. That's about a little over 20% higher than the league average. And their shooting percentage is 7.8%, which is well below the league average. Uh, I think it's at 8.6 now. So they're well (laughs) over 20% above uh, league scoring, but well below uh, in shooting percentage. It's because they generate so much offense. Um, 3.6 expected goals per 60 minutes at five on five. If they generate like that against Jonas Johansson, like he's going to have to have one of the best games of his career to, you know, keep the sense in check here. Uh, We're not seeing a ton of ownership on the top line, about 7%, which is, I think is perfectly fine here. All three guys are on the top power play unit. The Colorado penalty kill has been getting better. And I wonder if it's not just the blue line, just being healthy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's kind of tough to have a good penalty kill when you got like, you know, when McCarr and Byram are both on the shelf and you're basically having to go like Taves and, and Gerard and then, you know, like McDermott or and Jack Johnson or something like that. So um, I think that could easily be part of it. But Ottawa's power play has been able to shred just about everybody. So it's not something I'm super concerned about. I really, really am a fan um, of that Ottawa top line here tonight. 
like you said, I think, you know, the Ottawa second line is certainly um, fine to play here tonight. Um, Ridley Grigg, I think, is a little bit more of a distributor type than uh, Shane Pinto is. And I think that can help, especially Alex DeBrincat, where he struggled pretty hard at times this year. So I, I have no problem playing Ottawa too, but I think I would rather um, get the uh, Ottawa top line. I want the guys on the power play unit because th- that's where, where they really make hay. So Ottawa won for me. The question is what to do with Colorado here because um, Colorado is the most positively leveraged top line on the slate. They are expensive at 22300 That's kind of the problem here is that you can probably fit an Edmonton stack at roughly the same ownership, um, at roughly the same price. So the question is what you want to do there. I still have a lot of interest in Colorado one because a couple reasons. One, Ottawa takes a ton of penalties. They are one of the most penalized teams in the league. I think they're third behind Arizona and Florida. And two, um, the Ottawa penalty kill isn't that great. They're just running uh, hot save percentages and I don't know how much longer the HL goalies can keep up hot save percentages on, on the power on the penalty kill. You know what I mean? So I think both top lines are like very much in play here. And I'm wondering if Colorado's top line doesn't get kind of overlooked. I don't care if it's a back-to-back on the road. This Ottawa team's not very good. They're very undisciplined, and they have an AHL goalie in net. I I, I have I have a lot of a lot of interest in both top lines. I think these are Like, I have a lot of interest in Edmonton as well, obviously Florida, but I think these two top lines are my favorite top lines on the slate. If not, at least they're on my Mount Rushmore for the slate. Yeah, they are for me too. And, like, I always talk about low-owned McDavid keeping me up at night. If you can get a low-owned McKinnon and Rantanen against the Sens, I don't don't care if they're on their ninth game in a row. Like, I'm going to pull them. They're going to take – I'd be shocked if they take less than three penalties tonight, but, you know, I'm knocking some wood. Um, get one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $100 deposit match bonus with prize picks when you sign up and make a deposit. Biggest thing here, click the link in the description below. It's, prize, it's a prop-based contest, so if you're in a state that does not have legal sports gambling, I would suggest getting on prize picks. It is basically like placing round robins or, you know, parlays. They don't like when I say that, but it is true. I was looking on the the prize pick board for hockey today. They have these combo shots on goal, and they have one uh, McKinnon and Kachuk over or lined at eight and a half. I like the over there. Um, I don't care. Um, Like McKinnon back to back on the road, doesn't matter. Kachuk against the. the Canadians, I think that goes over. Obviously, anytime McDavid has a goal prop, you bet the over there. Uh, there wasn't really anything else that really stuck out to me, but you know, Cliffy uses that fancy old uh, shot prop tool. You have anything that you like on the prize picks? Nothing that I'm like super excited about. Uh, one thing I will say um, is that we have Patrick Kane lined at under 2.7 shots uh, for tonight. His prize picks is at three. Um, you can at least get a push out of that. So I don't mind taking the under on three shots for Patrick Kane here tonight over on prize picks. Uh, maybe you can even squeak out a push if things kind of go sideways here. Yeah, that's why I like prize picks. They line at 3.0 sometimes. Books will line that at two and a half or three and a half. So you have to make a decision. 
you can kind of kind of straddle that one and you can always push let's move on to the next one here oh my god Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> with a 2.4 total heading into Nashville the Predators have a 3.6 total Alex Delock UC Saros confirmed okay I was we were talking about this game this morning and like the Predators have a 3.6 total did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage you can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They have an unbelievable matchup, and the Duchesne Glass Tomasino line is 12,400. Then you go to their second line, Evangelista Novak uh, Sherwood. They're under 12K. Now their minutes got nuked last game because, you know, John Hines wanted to play Colton Sissons, Yakov Trennan, and Cole Smith 17 minutes. But the point is the Duchesne line playing almost 20 minutes a night at 12 4 against the the Blackhawks and they're getting so much ownership and it makes sense because they're so cheap, but I just don't want to do it. I can't do it. This game like gives me hives just thinking about it. Like I think the predators are in a great spot here. They're wildly affordable. The only problem is their ownership. Duchesne's been absolutely terrible the past, you know, 10 days as well. It's It's just a price thing. It's like a price with matchup thing. I think, you know, if you want to play the Preds here, I think it's fine. I I, I just can't stomach this ownership. Man, this has got to stop. I'm getting so sick of the Nashville Predators. I was honestly looking at their schedule because I was like, it feels like they're 20% every time they play at home. Um, I think Jake, our boss, mentioned that um, in the Discord. I was looking at their schedule. So Chicago tonight. Their last home game was Tuesday against Detroit. The last home game before that was at home versus Pittsburgh. The last home game before that was Vancouver. The last home game before that was Florida. And then they had Boston, but then Arizona before that. So basically like seven out of the last eight home games have been plus matchups offensively for them, which sucks because it also happens to coincide with Philip Forsberg getting injured uh, with Ryan Johansson getting injured with Matias Ekholm getting traded. So like, uh, I think Ryan McDonough's out here tonight. So uh, a, a lot, uh, you know, Michael Granlin got traded. Like it just sucks because they are in a really good spot here tonight. And we have been consistently fading them at home at 20%. And it hasn't really burned us yet. And I'm wondering when it's going to happen. That's exactly what I'm wondering is like, I'm going to say everything I've been saying for the last month with Nashville at home and Matt Duchesne over 20% ownership on an 11 game slate. I'm not playing them. It's just that simple. 
Um, I am not playing a 20% Matt Duchesne. I am not, or, you know, maybe 25% Matt Duchesne. I'm not playing a 20% Cody Glass with 22 teams on the, on the slate. That's just how I feel about it. Um, if they burn me, they burn me. I'm just not playing them at that ownership. Um, I do think like there are reasons to play one up. Like I do think Tommy Novak's actually having a legitimate good season. The problem is, like you said, John Hines, you know, is he going to play him 13 minutes or is he going to play him 19 minutes? Right. Uh, so like, I, you know, even though he's technically might be like a third or fourth liner, I don't mind a one off Tommy Novak here, something like that. I, I, you know, I just can't get on board with stacking Nashville. I really can't. I can't do it at that at that ownership level. Like there are other spots I would just um, rather go focus on. Like you know, go play the kids uh, in New York. Um, you know, go play some of the Seattle lines. Um, there are you know cheap San Jose lines. There are cheap Vegas lines. Like there are other cheap lines you can play besides Nashville. Portelli, baby. <laughs> Even they're coming in with a lot of ownership. Yeah. So like. I, they're not even generating a lot. Like I was looking at Duchesne and Tomasino, not huge minutes together, but a 2.4 expected goals for uh, 54 shot attempts per 60 minutes. Like that's not really anything special offensively. It's a little bit below league average. So where they're not even that good, I think this is a pass for me. I'm passing on Nashville. Again, if they burn me, they burn me. Um, at this point, what can they do to me? Um <laughs> On the Chicago side, I like bootstrap Bill. (laughs) (laughs) What more can they do to me? Uh, uh, Honestly, though, on the Chicago side, like at least they're getting minutes. Like you know, at (laughs) least you Kershev and those guys. At least they're playing. They're getting twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. The like at the low end, Reichel might be at like seventeen minutes. At the high end, you might get Anthony C or 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 Kershev at nineteen to twenty. Um, you know, they're not shooting a lot, but they're all on the top power play unit. Uh, Nashville is above average by, um, uh, penalties taken. Nashville is being bailed out by the goaltending on the penalty kill. That's just what it is. Um, and Chicago still maintained a reasonable power play, even post, um, Patrick Kane. So, um, I don't mind Chicago one here. I don't know if I would completely full stack. But quite honestly, if you're asking me if I want to play like a 3% Andreas Athanasiu or a 21% Cody Glass, I'm playing Athanasiu. Like, I think the Chicago side makes more sense here. What do you think? I agree. Uh, as ridiculous as that sounds, like I don't even mind like a one-off Taylor Radish. Like he's 2,900, 1.5%. Let you fit in those guys. He gets power play time. Like – Nashville's not a good team. Like I know they're vying for a playoff spot, but that's just that's just more on how bad the West is than how good of a team Nashville is. They're not a good team. Not that the Blackhawks are any good, but at least they have guys playing minutes. Like their top six plays consistent minutes. Nashville, you don't even know if Duchesne Glass Tomasino is gonna be the line tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. You know what I mean? Like John Hines just picks names out of a hat as they're coming onto the ice. It could be Duchesne Novak and Evangelista. You just don't even know. So I'm I'm more on the Chicago side. I'm not super thrilled about them by any means, but like I like like you said, if Glass and Duchesne wanna put me six feet under, that's fine. I'll wake up tomorrow and play someone else. And we'll there's another slate tomorrow. I just I don't want to hinge my one lineup 
on chalk Nashville. I just can't do it. No. I can't believe we talked about that game for so long. Let's move on to the Boston Bruins with a 3.3 total heading into Winnipeg. The Jets have a 2.7 total. Jeremy Swayman and Connor Hellebuck are confirmed. Pierre Lacdubois was at morning skate. He was on the power play unit. And then Rick Bowne like, nah, he ain't playing. Like, just, why? Anyway, like Boston's kind of in a rut here. Winnipeg's kind of vying. Well, they are vying for or for a uh, playoff spot here. Shifley, Connor, Niederreiter getting no ownership here. Bruins just lost to the Hawks badly. I don't know. Like, I hate using the notion that I want to play lines that have something to play for, but I kind of want to play Shifley, Connor, and Niederreiter because this is kind of a very important game for them. Yeah, it is. Um, one thing I want to note is one you and I, maybe like a month ago, what we would talk about is if Jeremy Swayman was starting for Boston, we might have interest in the guys playing against them. If Allmark was starting, we wouldn't. It's almost kind of the reverse now. Um, I mentioned in our Discord earlier, in calendar 2023, so since January 1st, 14 games for Jeremy Swayman, his save percentage is 927. Now, you, you know, past performance is not guaranteed a future performance, and 14 games is not any nowhere close to enough to make any sort of determination about a goalie. But I think it's worth noting that Swayman's not playing in March the way he was playing in November um, or December. So he has been a lot better. Like, I know the Bruins have been kind of on a slide of late, uh, but I was still looking like their last 15 games, they're sixth by expected goals against. Their actual goals against are third. Uh, you know, yeah, that's still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they have struggled a little bit on the penalty kill, but they don't take a ton of penalties, or they've been taking less lately anyway. So... The Winnipeg top line doesn't have a big sample together. Uh, They're at 2.2 expected goals, 3.3 actual goals. That's fine. Um, All three guys are probably going to end up on the top power play unit together, which is nice. I'll I'll just be honest here. I think I'm going to just save a bunch of time. The only line I really have any interest in is the Boston top line. Um, Marchand, DeBrusque, Bergeron, they've been playing really, really well. 100 minutes together since the All-Star break. Four expected goals for, 4.8 actual goals for. Um, You know, Bergeron's been shooting a little bit more lately. The ice time's not been great, but 17 to 19 minutes uh, between the three of them. And they were one of those lines I talked about earlier that um, is coming in with really low ownership. They're at 1.1%. Um, I know it's a it's a tough matchup going into Winnipeg, uh, but I'd rather play Boston facing Winnipeg on the road than Winnipeg at home against Boston, um, if that makes sense. Uh, like, I know Boston, like, quote-unquote, has been on a little bit of a slide here lately. I'm wondering how much they actually just cared about playing against Chicago. Like, it's basically two bad games. Like, I'm not going to overlook the previous 65 games from the Bruins just because of two bad goaltending games. Um, so I, I'll probably stay away from Winnipeg here. It's the Boston top line for me. Um, almost no ownership here, 1.1%. They are coming in with good positive leverage. Not really concerned about any of the matchups. Like, Winnipeg was sending out um, their third line as the shutdown matchup. I think if that happens, Boston's top line could have a good night here tonight. Yeah, I agree. 
Although I still kind of do like Shifley, Connor, Niederreiter, just from the fact that like they're going to go out against Coyle, Frederick Bertuzzi, or you know Zacha Krejci, they're going to avoid Bergeron for the most part. Yeah. In MME, I think it's fine. One to three, I'm not playing them. We'll just make that clear. Dallas starts with a 3.2 total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a 3.6 total. Jake Ottinger is probable. Stuart Skinner is confirmed. Another one of those at practice. Zach Hyman was at practice on the second line with Drysidle and Nugent Hopkins. And then he stayed after practice and skated for 20 minutes, which is a good indication that he won't be playing tonight. So as far as we know, the lines are going to remain Yamamoto, Kane, and McDavid, Drysidle, Nugent Hopkins, Fogel. It, it, like it doesn't really matter. I guess the the notable thing is that Evander Kane is going to be on the top power play if Hyman is out, which it seems like he is. So I think you know, listen, there's not too much ownership here on McDavid. He is ten thousand one hundred. That price doesn't really matter, other than he has a ten to start. There's no, there's not a big difference between ninety hundred, ninety eight hundred McDavid and ten thousand one hundred McDavid, other than you know your brain interpreting the number differently. Yeah, I kind of at a loss for what to do here because Kane and McDavid were pretty good last year when Kane finally showed up uh, in Edmonton. Not so much this year. I was looking at the numbers with and without. Like, Connor McDavid has an on-ice expected goals for rate about 30% higher without Evander Kane on his wing. Uh, if you look at the actual goal scoring numbers, it's more than doubled without Evander Kane on his wing. They're, the problem is shooting percentage. They're only shooting 6.1%, but they're not generating a ton. 33 shots per 60 minutes, like that's good, but that's not anywhere near elite. And it's like four and a half shots less than McDavid does without Kane. Like, I know... You know, it's it's a sample that spans the entire season. Kane just came back recently from injury. So, you know, it's kind of half of one, you know, um, six one, half a dozen of the other. But they're not generating that much more since Kane came back, and they're still not scoring. So, oh, man, it feels scary to say, like, I don't want to play McDavid here tonight. But, I like, I'm not... I'm not full stacking the top line. I can say that much. I'm not playing. I'm not playing McDavid, Kane, Yamamoto. That's not something I'm doing. Now, as far as the second line goes, <laughs> Hyman being out kind of changes things a little bit because Fogel and Drysidle. It's weird. It's one of those things. It's kind of like Panarin back in the with the Rangers. Like they don't generate a lot of expected goals, but they are scoring a lot and they are riding a little bit high by shooting percentage, but even if you normalize that, they're probably still somewhere around 28% above the league average by goal scoring, even with a normalized shooting percentage. So they are generating quite a bit when they're on the ice. And that's even without Connor McDavid on the ice with them. Um, Dallas tends to have a pretty good penalty kill. Uh, they, you know, they don't really take a lot of penalties. They're about league average in that regard. So I think as scary as it is to say you can fade McDavid, I think this is a matchup where you can fade McDavid. Um, I don't mind the Edmonton second line here. I'm going to be honest. I think I have more interest on the Dallas side. Um, Yeah, Edmonton takes a lot of penalties. Three and a half times shorthanded per game. I think that's fifth in the league. Um, The penalty kill is not good (laughs) at all. 
Dallas's power play has been on a tear. I think they have the Dallas top power play unit, I think, has tw- 10 goals in the last 12 games. Um, Jamie Ben has like 16 points in his last 10 games. Now I know he's not on the top line. Um, the top line generating 3.8 expected goals per 60 minutes over the last three weeks. The problem is just shooting percentage. The other problem is ice time. Their ice time has been nuked playing something like 16 to 17 minutes a game. So I, I honestly think Ben Johnston to Donoff is my favorite even strength line in this game, which feels weird to say considering all the top end players in this matchup, but they're probably going to go into the Leon Dreisaitl matchup and Dreisaitl Nugent Hopkins, especially without Zach Hyman is not a matchup to be feared whatsoever. Ekholm's going to go out all the time against the Dallas pop line. So they're not going to see Matias Ekholm in that defensive shutdown matchup. Um, you get Ben on the top power play unit. They have been playing very, very well. 3.2 expected goals for um, two, only 2.5 against uh, since the Donoff got there. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not much ownership either coming in around 1%. I don't know if I would full stack, but I think a Ben Johnston two-man is something that would make a lot of sense to me here tonight. Yeah, I agree with that. I like Dallas one, don't get me wrong, but their minutes have been wonky lately. You know, They're not going to get you know the 19-20. Some games they've been getting like 16-17, 15-16-17. You know, I'd rather not spend that money for those minutes, although it's always different when McDavid – you're playing McDavid, you know, they could hence could see like 18, 19 minutes. You just don't know. But like that's the one thing that 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 kind of worries me here is it, it's I think we brought it up once with care. I think Carolina was in Edmonton. And Sebastian Ajo, if you just look at the games he's played against Edmonton over the last four or five years, he typically plays a lot more against Edmonton because he's always out against McDavid. Whether you know they want to do that with hints or not, I'm not sure, but it is something that does happen with top centers when they play against Edmonton. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, Dallas one could see a little bit bump in minutes tonight. Min Goli just got confirmed for the Coyotes. Uh, Vancouver Canucks with a 3.5 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a 3.1 total. Thatcher Demko, Ivan Prostovov is are confirmed. Nick Schmaltz out tonight. Uh, he's They say he's day-to-day, but it could be a week or 10 days. So Brett Ritchie remains on the top line here. This game is a this is a festival. This is just a circus. Ah oh, man, I when you said Brett Ritchie's still on the top line. I was thinking, man, if I can tell myself like tell like 2017 Cliffy, hey man, Brett Ritchie's on the top line with Clayton <laughs> Keller, and I'd be like, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. Brett Ritchie's career must be going extremely well for him. 
<laughs> gets traded for his brother immediately onto the top line. Yeah. Looking at ownership here, there's nothing egregiously high. I guess like the Miller Besser line is too high for my liking. Uh, the Kraus Maselli McBain line a little bit over owned for my liking, but that's just price driven. I think you can play them. Top lines, well within you know the price range for me. I prefer the Pedersen Kuzmenko Bovillier line. Um, I think Demko. I I, I don't want to speculate on what was going on in the beginning of the season. I think he's played a bit better. I um, I don't know too much about this Coyotes goalie other than he's min price and the last few min price goalies on previous slates have been pretty chalky. Excuse me, but re- regardless of the Coyotes netminder, I still like the Patterson Kuzmenko line the best. Yeah, I imagine that um, he's going to be very highly owned because Vimelka, I think, was like the sixth or seventh highest owned goalie as it was. Now that he's 6,500, um, I imagine it's going to be easily double digits uh, for Prostatov. I'm mad because I wanted to play them when they were playing against Nashville, but he wasn't in the effing player pool. And then he puts up just like one of the best games of the season. Thanks, DK. Um, I love that website. Um, <laughs> in 155 minutes without Nick Schmaltz, the top line is not playing that well. Um, they're at about 40% expected goal share and three expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's pretty bad. Now, Arizona isn't hard matching their lines with, with Schmaltz out, but you know, even the Arizona second line sitting at three expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five, and then the bottom six is even worse. So there are no matchups at five on five that I'm worried about from a Vancouver perspective. And then you factor in Arizona being the most penalized team in the league with a very bad penalty kill. Like that Vancouver top line, Pedersen, Kuzmenko, Beauvillier, factoring it in price because they're under 18,000 on DraftKings. Straight up one of my favorite lines on the entire slate. Um, They've been playing extremely well since they got put together. I looked at just their roughly last 100 minutes to see if there had been a fall off in play maybe after the first handful of games. Still 3.4 expected goals for, 3.2 actual goals for. Shutting things down defensively as well. Um, Elias Pedersen's, you know, not shooting a ton, but he has 29 shots in his last nine games. Um, you know, Beauvillier not being on the top power play kind of sucks, but, I mean, it's Arizona. He definitely doesn't need power play minutes to get there. Uh, so I really, really like Vancouver 1 in this matchup. Um if you want to go to Vancouver too, I think that's fine. If you want to turn it into a power play stack, I think that's fine. Uh, JT Miller, 33 shots and 13 points in his last 10 games. A lot of those games playing with Phil DiGiuseppe at five on five. So he's been able to produce even with DiGiuseppe there. So if you want to go like Pedersen, Kuzmenko, Miller, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, but it is the Vancouver top line that I like best in this game. Honestly, I think I'm out on Arizona. There's too much ownership on that super cheap line. Like if you want to go like Matelli Kraus, like, okay. But I think there's just too much ownership there. And the top line without Nick Schmaltz, like I know they got there last game, but uh, one goal was on the power play and one goal was in overtime. So, you know, yes, that can happen against Vancouver, obviously. But if they're not playing well at five on five, I'd rather just play the line that is playing well. And that's Vancouver one. Agreed. 
if you click the link in the description below, you can get four weeks of NHL Stochastic for 50% off at $29.98. The original price is around $60. All you got to do is click the link. It brings you – you don't have to enter any codes. You don't have to enter promo code hardwood. Even though it, it, you're signing up, you might have some holes in your DFS game. You can fill them with hardwood. But you don't need the code here. Uh, it, it will generate for yourself. You get everything that we have to offer for NHL projections, ownership, the lineup builder rankings or discord discord's been on fire lately we had a couple big ones last night actually we forgot to mention off the top um our resident anger management case oliver shipped the the 15 it was a tie i'm sure he's thrilled that he tied with somebody but he still won 7500 there and uh our pal slapdick dynasty which is a great name by the way accurate uh, he got second in the 12. I think he won the $5 single entry as well. So he said it was his biggest NHL win. Congrats to you. Congrats to Oliver. Just to make sure to click that link in the description. It automatically populates the code. You don't have to enter anything. Let's move on to the final three late games here. Calgary Flames with a 3.2 total heading into Vegas. The Golden Knights also have a 3.2 total. Jacob Markstrom probable. Johnny Quick is confirmed. Not too much ownership here on Calgary. It's an important game for Calgary. And surprise, surprise, with all these injuries on Vegas, they have not been very good defensively. Barbashev, not very good defensively. There's a shocker. I like Calgary here. Like Johnny Quick seems a little bit uh, rejuvenated getting out of L.A., but I don't know, man. Like this ownership on Calgary – there's three playable lines here. Yeah. Um, the Vegas top line with uh, Ivan Barbashev, 2.8 expected goals against 5 on 5. That's, yeah, I think it's like 13% worse than the league average. Um, William Carlson and Riley Smith, when they are when they don't have one of the top guys as the third man, so no Eichel, no Marsh, so no Mark Stone. Um, also, 2.8 expected goals against, like both these lines are below average defensively. So I agree with you that it's not as bad of a matchup on the surface as it looks for Calgary. It, there's just a twofold problem for me here. One, it's Vegas and their lack of penalty taking. They're the least penalized team in the league, I think, at 2.4 times shorthanded per game. Um, the Calgary power play has fallen off a cliff. Like it was actually fine basically up until the all-star break and then just – fell off a cliff. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of different line combinations over their last few games for the power play. So let's assume this is not a matchup where Calgary comes through with the power play goal. Then they have to get there at five on five. And if they have to get there at five on five, or even strength, you know, overtime, whatever, uh, you have to score quite a bit to pay off even 15 K like to pay that off. You probably need, well, you need at least two, uh, if not three goals. And they're starting to run into that old old quality problem again. Like the top line, 83 shot attempts per 60 minutes with Jacob Pelche there. It's That's patently absurd. And they're scoring 1.3 goals per 60 minutes because their, their shooting percentage is so low. It's because they do take a lot of bad percentage shots. A lot of expected goals, but that, you know, it's just adding you know, your shots together, right? You're just taking a lot of shots. It's not because you're generating a lot of quality. 
Same thing with the second line. Um, the Coleman back of the Manjipani line, I don't think people realize this, have actually been pretty bad um, for the last few weeks, a couple weeks at least. Month of March, 2.6 expected goals for, 3.3 against for that Coleman back of the Manjipani line. Not scoring at all. Um, Manjipani doesn't have a point in his last 10 games. So then you go into the Kaji Huberto line, and I don't really want to play them because they're not good. So I think the only line I'd really want to play is the Foley Lindholm Pelche. At least they're generating quite a bit. They're playing well right now. Not worried about any matchups from the Vegas side. I think that's the only line I really have interest in from a Calgary perspective. I'll say I don't have a lot of interest in stacking Calgary at all. I don't have a lot of interest in stacking Vegas either. Calgary's a pretty good defensive team. The problem all season has been the goaltending, and even Markstrom's started to play pretty well over the last couple weeks. So good defensive team, goalie playing better. Vegas is spreading around the ice time, kind of like Dallas is. Do I really want to play them, even at low ownership? I, you know, again, like a one-off Marsh or so I think makes sense. Uh, you know, I'd even like one off like a Willing Carlson, I think kind of makes sense. I just I don't think there's anything that I'm super excited about stacking in this one. Yeah, not a big stacking game. I do agree though on Calgary. If you're gonna play them, it would be the Lindholm to Foley Peltier line. I think you can one off um, you know, Mikhail Blackland or it's probably about it in the one-off department. I don't really want to one off anyone on the cadre line. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets with a 2.6 total heading into Los Angeles. The Kings have a four total. Michael Hutchinson, probable Phoenix Copley is confirmed. Now, I had interest in Columbus on Tuesday. I played the wrong line. Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner had like 7.8 million DK points. Um, this is not the case tonight. Don't have much interest in Columbus is just like the top two lines for LA are just meat grinders defensively. Like I just am out on Columbus. The question now is which Kings line in a four total do you want to play? Byfield still on that top power play. I think, you know, that line is fine. The second line's definitely fine. It's just a matter of ownership here. Yeah, I, I don't have any interest in the Godreau-Jenner line. That's the line that's going to see the rejuvenated kopitar Kempi byfield line, and I have no interest in that matchup. The Kings' second line hasn't been that good defensively since Trevor Moore returned. Now, it's still a small sample. It's only 60 minutes, but considerably below league average defensively by expected goals against. Um, that could match up reasonably well for Marchenko, Roslovic, and Lyonet. Line A has been shooting quite a bit lately. I mean, even Marchenko has 10 shots in his last three games. The Kings do take a lot of penalties. Marchenko and Line A are both on the top power play unit. Like a one-off Line A, I think, makes sense. A one-off Marchenko, I think, makes some sense, especially where the Kings goaltending generally hasn't been very good. You know, better with Copley, but not great, certainly. It's still a 2.6 total. That's not nothing, right? Um, you know, it's hard, certainly higher than Chicago. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
mind one-offing but i'm not stacking the question is what to do with the kings because there's a lot of ownership here just like there is with nashville and they're a little bit more expensive than nashville now i'm not playing the third line i'm not playing valerity i follow lazad it's a matter of which top two lines i want to play um the columbus second line i think is the one i want to target against because marchenko and rozovic have a reasonable sample together this year because they were playing down the lineup earlier in the season Absolutely atrocious defensive numbers. I don't think that would really surprise anybody. Um, you know, a rookie on the wing with a bad defensive center are going to post bad defensive numbers. 3.4 expected goals against. 81 shot attempts against per 60 minutes. That's basically a penalty kill when they're on the ice. I think Kings too. Arvidsson, Deneau, Moore is the line I like. They're coming in with a little bit more ownership, but they are a little bit cheaper. Uh, you know... If I, if, if I had a choice between playing Chalk Nashville or Chalk Los Angeles, I think I'm playing Chalk Kings, and it would be the Arvidsson line that I would play. Yeah, Arvidsson's been shooting the puck like a madman recently. So, yeah, don't mind. I, I don't mind the byfield Kempe kopitar line for sure, but I, I think I'm on the same page with you to know Arvidsson more uh, would be my preferred. Let's get to the last game of the night, Seattle Kraken with a 3.7 total. Heading into San Jose, the Sharks have a 2.9. Philip Grubauer is probable. James Reimer is confirmed. If this game just slid off into the Pacific Ocean and wasn't on the slate, I would be much happier. Although I will say that the Sharks aren't chopped tonight, so that makes it a little bit easier. Um, there's there's not much ownership on either side here. I just it's just so hard to stack Seattle. And then on the shark side, like I, I just don't like these line combinations. So like I, I don't have a ton of interest on either side here in full stacking. Maybe some one-offs, maybe some two-mans, but like I, I just wish this game didn't exist. I will say Tolvin and Gord Bjorkstrand is kind of tickling my fancy a little bit. Um, I don't have any interest in the McCann. I won't say I won't have any interest. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of the McCann um, Beneers Everly line tonight. They're going to see that Couture matchup. And Couture, like the goaltending for San Jose has just been absolutely atrocious lately. So, you know, maybe the matchups don't end up mattering at all. But the Couture line's actually been fine defensively, at least like around league average, which is, you know, that's something for this San Jose team. Second line, not even close. <laughs> Thomas Hurdle, William Eklund, like those guys are getting ran over 4.1 expected goals against since Eklund got recalled. 5.8 actual goals against per 60 minutes of 505. That's probably the matchup that Gord and Bjorkstrand and Tolvanen are going to see quite a bit at 5 on 5. And that Gord, Tolvanen, and Bjorkstrand line, 2.8 expected goals for per 60 minutes, four actual goals for per 60 minutes. Uh, in over 260 minutes together. 
yes, they're coming in with negative leverage. I think with how cheap they are under 12K, they're still only at 6% ownership. They've been playing really, really well this season. And Tolvanen is on the top power play unit, and that Seattle top power play has actually been pretty good lately. So I think it's Bjorkstrand, and Gord Tolvanen I like best in this game, and it's not particularly close. Probably nothing else for me. Maybe you have talked me into some Seattle three here. How does that if end? Yeah, if there's yeah. anything we want to do in the middle of March, it's stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning watching the San Jose Sharks. Well, judging by my face, I have stayed up late the past few nights watching awful hockey. Yeah, so you spent last night watching Anaheim and the New York Islanders. What am I talking about? What's one more night? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, coming up after us, The Odd Shop, which is a show on the Odd Shopper channel going over today's best bets with the Odd Shopper premium tools. That is with A10 and former Iowa State University caddy, Eric Lindquist. I hope he's watching. Sometimes he plays NHL. Oh, yeah. I- Sorry. No, just want to cut in. Uh, good point by Clayton in the chat. Um, new lines confirmed right before we came on the air. They're putting uh, Janssen with Hurdle and Barabanov and Eklund with Couture and LeBanc. Oof. I, that tells me that Hurdle, Barabanov, and Janssen are probably going to be the shutdown line. It doesn't really change anything for me, at least not from the Seattle perspective. Yeah. Okay. No, I just yeah. want to mention that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, make sure to check that out at 4 o'clock. On the Odd Shopper channel, let's talk a little bit about defensemen, a little bit about goalies here. <sighs> Who are you liking on the blue line? I I don't I have a couple names circled. This isn't my favorite defenseman slate in the history of NHL DFS. Yeah, I mean Roman Yossi is going to be like seven hundred percent owned tonight for Nashville, um, which is fair. I think kill like. Going back to Colorado, Kale McCarr makes a lot of sense. If you don't want to pay it for Yossi and probably get a, you know, a guy that will be much less owned. Uh, Brandon Montour from Florida, I, I think he's probably going to be pretty chalky as well, but he's um, one of the expensive guys, absolutely. Seth Jones. I mean, who? yeah, exactly. I guess somebody's got to score for Chicago eventually. Um, yeah, it's not a bad matchup going up um, against Nashville, but uh, it's Yossi Montour, McCarr, the expensive guys. The middle guys, that 4-6K to 6K range on DraftKings, is a little bit more interesting. Hampus Lindholm back on the top power play unit for Boston. Not a tremendous power play matchup for them, but not bad. I'll play Thomas Shabbat if he's in. I guess we're going to find out at warm-ups. Mike Matheson on the other side uh, of that game uh, with Florida is really interesting to me. He's playing a lot of minutes. Florida's a high-paced team. Maybe a revenge narrative for Matheson, too? Uh, who knows? But uh, don't mind Matheson tonight uh, in that mid-price range as well. And then a few others, uh, Forsling, Latang, Doughty, uh, Darnell Nurse. Cheap guys. There are a lot of uh, sub-3K guys I like here tonight. Uh, Zach Whitecloud from Vegas, uh, Yanni Hockenpah from Dallas, uh, Mario Ferraro from San Jose, uh, Connor Mackey from Arizona. I think he played like uh, 19, 20 minutes last game with the injuries on their blue line and he's still mid price. So don't mind him. If you want to pay up uh, a little bit more, Damon Severson, even if he's not on the top power play unit, I think makes a decent play here tonight. Uh, and uh, Bowen Byron, um, 
he's just really, really good. And it's a tremendous matchup for Colorado. And I think he's a little bit too cheap, even if he's not on the top power play unit. Yeah, I don't have too much to add there. I was looking through goalies as you're ripping off names there. And I think the landscape kind of, I don't know if it changed too much with Pravisov or how, I don't even know. <laughs> Prasvitov, but he is min price. I feel like people are going to gravitate to that matchup just because it's the Canucks and they're, you know, a joke franchise. But I'm kind of like skimming through here. Like there isn't that much. Like I kind of like Jake Ottinger at 7,300. Connor Hellebuck at 7,100 at home. Like spend up options are going to be interesting. I just, I, I don't see like a spend up option above Igor Shesterkin at 7,800 unless I'm missing something. I mean, I don't mind Demko at 8K. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't, I'm not going to play him, but I, I think he's fine. Yeah. Hellebuck 7,100 for sure. Um, Alex Stalock, like why not? Right. He's 7K. Um, like he's only $500 more than um, Prostatov is going into Nashville any worse of a matchup than being at um, at home to Vancouver? Like, I don't think so. Especially when you just traded your only two good defensemen. Um, I don't mind Alex Daylock tonight and also Hellebuck. Johnny Quick, do we – like, I will say, um, I think Brassois and Thompson were both on the ice today. I'm not sure if a goalie's been confirmed yet, but um, – Who is? Quick was confirmed. Oh, he was confirmed. Okay, yeah. I just saw the other goalies on the ice. I mean, Johnny Quick, like I said, Calgary does shoot a lot and typically has a pretty bad shooting percentage. So I think Quick, Staylock, Hellebuck, and um, Prosvitov are the four guys that I think I'm thinking about. I'm not paying up in goal, in goal tonight. Yeah, that was a question. I said no Sway bros. Uh, Jeremy Swayman, 7,900. I think he's fine. Uh, I don't think. I mean, the way I play personally, I'm not going to spend 7900 on Jeremy Swayman. But if you do like him, I think he is more than perfectly fine here. Yep. Who you looking for your hat trick pick? Uh, I'm going to go expensive, uh, but somebody that I think we are both probably going to consider playing here tonight. And I'm going to go with Mika Zibanejad. Mika Zibanejad. Uh, love me some Mika Zibanejad. Um, I don't know if this is spicy. It's definitely not spicy for me. People are going to hear it and they're gonna uh, this guy again but i'm going jamie ben Ooh, i kind of like it yep we will be back tuesday yeah nhl back to this like stupid like three games 19 games two games 14 games so we'll be back on tuesday good luck everybody click those links in the description smash that like button on the way out and we'll see you on tuesday Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Saver. 
Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo's savings options. Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So, what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash save to open a savings account today. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC.